Hey, Cornerstone. How you doing? Who came excited about Jesus today? All right. So third week of the marriage series together. Uh, yesterday, I'm driving down the road. This car comes zipping by me, honks at me as they go by, and then uh, they stick their hand out the window. I'm pretty sure they're flipping me off. And then I look in their rear window and it has a Cornerstone sticker. I look a little bit closer at their hand and they've actually got something in their hand, but in the wind, it, it's doing this and they're out the window at me. And I'm thinking to myself, is that what you're doing everywhere you go? You're driving down the road and sticking this out the window? And it would be way more effective on your window? Is that person in the room? If you're in, come on, if you're in the, no, okay. I'm gonna find that person. And I'm gonna show them how to stick it on the, yeah. So last week, we had a conversation about, hey, what a wife longs for, what, what she's hoping uh, to receive from her husband. And what we discovered together is that every woman is hoping to find a man who just gives to her his entire heart, that says, I love you more than anything else in this world, and that how he fills her heart is by allowing her to be seen, which is that whole communication thing of, hey, I've heard what bothers you, I've heard what makes you sad, I've heard what thrills you, I, I see you. And that only happens by hearing her heart. And then secondly, this idea of being safe, hey, look, I'm just gonna tell you, my strength, my strength will always be leveraged to your benefit. My, my strength will never be used for your harm. If you're with me, you're safe. And guys, I just wanna say, if you weren't here last week, if you weren't part of that conversation, it is worth it to you to go back, to hear what your wife's heart longs for. It's the opportunity for you to be the hero of your marriage. To go first and say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the husband that you always dreamed of having. And watch her heart respond to you when you step into that responsibility. Today, uh, we're gonna shift, we're gonna talk about the women and, and what your husband was hoping. Uh, the wife that he always dreamed that he would have. And ladies, I'm just gonna tell you first off, it, it's gonna be surprising to you because what fills his heart is wildly different than what fills your heart. And one of the most powerful things you can do is go, look, I, I don't know that I understand this, I, I, don't, I don't know that it makes sense to me as a woman, but if that's how God built him, I want to be the wife that he spent his life hoping he would find. And ladies, here's what I tell you, that everything we're gonna talk about today assumes that your marriage is safe, that there's not abuse going on within your, if, if there's abuse going on in your relationship, then everything's out there, it's a completely different discussion, okay? But it's assuming there's not, it's, it's assuming this is a relationship that is relatively healthy, we're just not connecting like we ought to be connecting. And what is the job description for a wife? So there's a Christian author, her name is Shante Feldhahn. Uh, Shante Feldhahn did her graduate work at Harvard University. 
She's written over 31 books. Almost half of those books are talking about how different men are from women. And how do men and women see that difference, embrace the difference, and then turn that into a vibrant Christian marriage. If you ever get a chance to read a Shante Feldhahn book, it's worth your while. But Shante Feldhahn tells a story, the salient moment in her life that started her on this journey of the differences between men and women. And she describes it this way. She's in high school and she went to high school summer camp. And the speaker that day stood up front and said, hey, we're going to allow you to cast a vote. He said, uh, you can vote for one of two options. Option number one, you're gonna do something in your lifetime that's remarkable. You're gonna help a whole bunch of people. Uh, uh, pe people are gonna benefit from what you did and this is gonna garner you loads of respect. Pe people are gonna hear your name and immediately respond with respect and admiration, but here's the deal. You'll never know true, deep, meaningful love. That's option number one. Option number two is this you will know in your lifetime deep, meaningful love, but you will never do anything of significance. You'll never garner people's respect. Uh, you'll be a relative, unknown, unaccomplished person, but you'll be deeply loved. And then he said, all right, ready, go. And in the instant he said that, every boy walked to the side of the auditorium that said, I would choose respect and admiration and I would miss out on love. And every woman, every gal in the room walked on the side that said, I would choose love and I would miss out on respect and admiration. And she said, in that moment, it occurred to me that men and women are built by God wildly different and they receive the filling of their heart in completely different ways. So here we go. We're going to go back to that passage in Ephesians where God told us this. And we're going to unpack today the job description that God has for the wives in the room. And it's interesting because last week when we read, we said, hey, he's, he's gonna tell husbands what to do for her. And over and over again, God said to the husband, love the girl. Love the girl more than success. Love the girl more than your dreams or aspirations. Love the girl. He's gonna come back, ladies, and he's not even gonna mention love for him. He's gonna give you a completely different job description him. Now, here's the deal. Last week, God said, love, love, love three times. It was real simple. Today, when he gives the job description to you, ladies, he's going to say one thing twice. He's going to say another word the third time. It's going to be slightly confusing, but God was willing to do that because you're smarter than the men. Okay? So here we go. It's Ephesians chapter 5. Ladies, watch for what he says. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 21. He starts off with, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We're going to unpack that together next week. What does that mean? And then verse 22, he says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Oh, by the way, he died for her. To make her holy and cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless in the same way 
Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and they care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother. He'll be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh, one team. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. Verse 33, however, each one of us must all, of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. All right, ladies, what was the job description? What did God say to you that your husband needed from you? Respect and <coughs> submit. Now, <laughs> before you check out, ladies, <laughs> Let me explain this to you. God is not asking you to be a doormat. That's not what he's doing. What he's doing is he's saying, hey, as you come to your husband, as you begin to say, hey, I don't know that I'm in for that. I don't know that if I understand that decision, here's what I wish we were doing. That as you make your request made known to your husband, that they would not come across as criticism, that they would be couched in respect. The reality is those two things, this idea of submitting and the idea of respect are actually two sides of the same coin for him. It's not about not saying, it's about how you say that is so critical to the heart of a man. So God just said the number one thing that he is longing for from you is respect. That's what he's hoping for. Ladies, think about this for a minute. When little boys play games, what games do they play? Remember last week we said, hey, when little girls play games, will they play house? When boys play games, what games do they play? They play war. They play army, right? They play superhero. And they play video games. Matter of fact, some grown men play video games. I play video games. Why? Why are those the things that young boys are attracted to? You ready? Because in those games, he has an opportunity to be the hero. See, women often look at those games and they go, I don't think I like my son playing those games because they're violent. They've got guns in them and they're punching people. Ladies, you're looking at the wrong thing. He's playing that game because he's... He's acting out being that soldier because the soldier turns back the bad guys. He wants to be the superhero and, and save the girl or save the earth from zombie apocalypse. But in the end, guys, guys, it's never about the guns. It's about being the hero of the story. Now, if he starts playing mass murderer, then take away a squirt gun. That's... But he just revealed to you the heart of a man. And ladies, here's what you need to understand. That little boy is still within your husband. His desperate, desperate, desperate desire is to be the hero, the guy who saves the day, the guy who rescues the girl. It's deeply embedded in him. Years ago, we had just moved to Arizona and we were getting ready to plant Cornerstone. 
and I'm riding along in the car with my son Joshua. He's probably nine years old at the time. And it's one of those quiet moments, right? It's just dad and son, and we're riding along. No one's saying much. And out of the clear blue, with no prompting or no conversation before, Josh says this out loud. Dad, I hate living in Chandler, Arizona. To which I said, Josh, our house here is nicer than the house we left. You've got some great friends on our street. Your school's a totally cool school, and you've got a wonderful, wonderful teacher at school. Why would you hate living in Chandler, Arizona? And here was a nine-year-old boy's response. Dad, it's not like anything's ever going to happen here. Here's what he was saying. Dad, it may be too good, and I may never get the chance to save the day. To rescue the girl. I, I may never get the opportunity to be a hero. Ladies, hear this. Because this is deep, deep, deep within the heart of your man. And here's what you need to know. That on that day that you got married, the day you walked down the aisle and he stood here waiting for you, here's what he was saying that day. Hey, I've kind of figured it out. I don't have superpowers so I'm probably not gonna fly in and rescue. I, I, I'm, I'm probably never gonna create the cure for cancer. I, I, I get it. But the world will probably never recognize me, admire me. But I was hoping today, I was hoping there was one person who would let me be their hero. That is exactly what his heart longed for when he married you. So ladies, so here's what you need to hear. Respect, it's just such a huge thing, admiration to the heart of a man. And there's two ways that his heart gets filled up. Two ways that he receives this. Number one is admiration. That, that you would look at him and say, you're the best man. You're, you're the man, you're, I am so thrilled that you are my husband. And I want you to know, I admire, I admire what you do for our family, I admire what you do for our kids. I want you to know that I hold you in high regard. Ladies, hear this. In the heart of every man, there are two people that he desperately longs to get affirmation and admiration from. Number one is his dad. Every man intuitively longs for his dad to say, hey, son, I'm proud of you. You may actually be a better man than me. The second person on that list, you. If the whole world tells him he's a loser, if everybody else turns their back, he longs for you to say, I admire you. I respect you for the man that you are. If a man ever figures out God and puts God at the top of that list, that man is unstoppable. That man is remarkable. But ladies, don't minimize how desperately his heart wants your affirmation. Matter of fact, every man longs for the admiration of the woman he adores. Every woman longs to be adored by the man she admires. 
And if you can let that stick, it will suddenly bring clarity to you on the difference between how you get your heart filled and how he gets his heart filled. Here's the mistake that women make. Women are willing to accept men who are projects. Here's what we do. You're out dating. And you reel in a boy. And you think to yourself as women, you know what? I can fix him. I can take him. He's got, he's got so much potential. I can help make him a man. Ladies, you need to hear this. That's the quickest way to turn his. No man wants to be your project. And ladies, think about this. His mom has been working on him for 28 years. She is older than you. She is wiser. And this is all the farther she got him. And you're thinking in three years you're going to outdo that? Ladies, when you reel in a boy, do what every good fisherman does. Throw the minnow back. You, you keep casting till you pull in a man, and then you keep that trophy fish. Don't take on, and single lady, singles, do not take on a boy that you're trying to transform into a man. Keep fishing till you find a man. Years ago, I was uh, serving in Southern California as a youth pastor, and it was coming kind of close to my tenure. I was getting ready to come here, and uh, a senior girl in our youth group came up to me just weeping. She was weeping because it was her senior year of high school, and she hadn't had a single date. Part of why she hadn't had a single date was she wasn't the prettiest girl in the youth group. Another reason she hadn't had a date was because she was dead serious about Jesus and that was going to be really intimidating to a lot of boys. I said to her in that moment, hey, stop worrying about how many dates you haven't had. Start praying for the right date. Pray, pray for the man who's going to see you for who you are. Came to Chandler, we planted, hadn't seen her in years and recently I had the opportunity to go back to that church and preach on a Sunday, and lo and behold, there, there was Jennifer. We'll, just call, we'll call her Jennifer. And I watched as she came up and introduced her husband. And I looked in her eyes and saw that she had landed a man that she adored. And I looked in his eyes when he looked at her and saw that he loved her with all of his heart. And I didn't say it but I just wanted to scream to Jennifer, thank you for throwing back the minnows. Thank you for waiting for a man. Here's why women marry boys. Because you have a maternal instinct. See, there's something about being a woman that attracts you to the helpless and the broken and the uncooked. <laughs> Ladies, this serves you well as a mother. It is horrifying, horrifying as a dating practice. Look for the man. But here's what we do. You, you find the boy who is the project and you try to fix him 
by offering him unsolicited advice. Let me say that again. You try to fix him by offering him unrequested advice. Anybody want to guess what a man calls unsolicited advice? You knew that. Isn't that amazing? You knew that. Here's why this is confusing for you ladies. Ladies offer other ladies unsolicited advice all the time. And you believe that's a gesture of love. So you'll, be, you'll go, oh, you shouldn't cook your cake that way. You should put sour cream in it. Oh, when you're cleaning, you should start at the top and let all the dust fall. Then you get it all at the bottom when you're done. You'll tell the other lady where she should go shop. You'll tell her what clothes. Oh, when you wear that, it flatters your hips. And in woman culture, that's actually a loving gesture to offer unsolicited advice. Ladies, here's what you've never heard a man say. Dude, you got to stop wearing pastels. I mean, your skin tone, you're a winter. You, you need to wear primary colors that are bold. Now, a man sees another man dressing like a turkey. He goes, dude, you're your own squirrel. Leave it up to you, man. A man will not offer another man unsolicited. This is man code. Matter of fact, think about this. You can have a man who goes to a family function, they all get together, they eat, and then he goes, hey, I gotta go out, gotta work on my car, my alternator's doing something wrong. So now he's outside, he's working on his alternator. He's been there for a while, and now another man, another family member comes walking out, just so happens the second family member is a mechanic. He says to the first man, how you doing? The first man will say back to him, fine. This is code for, do not offer me any unsolicited advice. Because, understand here, in the heart of a man, he wants to say, I figured this out myself. I solved this problem with my own capacities and ability, and for that reason, you should give me admiration. If I have to say, oh, you know what, I couldn't figure it out, and the mechanic helped me out, then I don't get this. It's why men won't ask for directions. I'd, I'd rather solve it than have somebody help me. I, I... The mechanic will wait there for a while. And after a while, finally the guy will say, man, I just can't figure out how to get this bolt out. This is mail code for, I'm opening the door a crack. I might be open to input. The mechanic will then say to him, would you like some help? And he waits for the first man to say, yes, I would like. This is man code. This is man code. And ladies, when you offer unsolicited, he didn't ask. And you're offering unsolicited advice. Here's what he hears. You're failing. You idiot. If I leave this to you, you'll never figure it out. And what do you think that does to that boy who stood at the front of that church and said, can I be the hero? And all he hears is, wow, 
are you disappointing me? And here's why this gets confusing, ladies. Because there's been moments when you offered unsolicited nagging, I mean, advice to him, and you just kept going and going and going and going over and over, and you, find, you wore him out. You wore him out. And finally he went, okay, fine, I'll go to church with you. You saw that as a win. You said, look at that, I made him a little better. Here's what you missed, ladies. You may have gotten him to concede an action. You lost his heart. He is further away from you now because of how you got him there. Grab your Bibles, go with me real quick to the book of Proverbs. If you're not familiar, if you go right to the middle of your Bible, it's gonna be a book of Psalms probably. Go a little bit to the right. Proverbs uh, chapter 21. Anybody know who uh, wrote the book of Proverbs? Some little guy by the name of Solomon. Wisest man who ever walked the face of the earth. Here's what he said. Proverbs chapter 21, starting in verse nine. Better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Jump down to verse 19. Better to live in a desert, better to be out with no tent than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. Now, ladies, I know you're thinking, you're going, wait, 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 wait. That's not fair. That was written by a man. That's my point exactly. You want to lose his heart? Keep offering unsolicited advice. Keep, keep depriving him of the opportunity to figure it out and accomplish it so that he can earn admiration. It's a great way to sabotage a relationship. Which is why, you, right, it's why God said, hey guys, in that moment, in that moment when it feels like he's failing, in that moment when he's not quite getting it right, offer him respect. Give him the opportunity to work on it on his own and, Wait for the moment that he invites you in to the conversation and says, yeah, I need some help. How many are familiar with Batman and Robin? Okay, little bit old school, I admit it. But the reason I chose Batman and Robin is because they're a duo that works so well together. And if you ever watch a Batman and Robin adventure, there were moments when Batman was making a decision and Robin would say, wait, 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 Batman. I think we would be better if we did this. And on occasion, you would see Batman go, Robin, that's a great idea. Let's do that idea. There were also moments in that relationship where Robin would say, Batman, I, I'm confused. I don't understand. I, I don't know why we would do that. I think we should do And Batman would say, you know what? We're doing this. And in that moment, guess what Robin did not do? He did not stomp his feet. He did not raise his fist and say, you know what, you're gonna fail, because you're dumb. You know what Robin said next? I'm with you. I'm with you. You're literally at the heart of what scripture said when he said to wives, respect and submit. Give him the opportunity to fail. 
without you sitting on his shoulder telling him he's going to fail. Because ladies, here's what you need to understand about how a man's built. Men hate failure. If you've expressed your heart, if you've said, hey, I don't think this is a great plan, I don't, I don't, and then he says, no, we're going to do the not so great plan, and you go, okay, I'm with you. When it fails, because he hates failure, here's what he's going to discover in that moment. My wife is smarter than I thought she was. Maybe next time I should listen a little more. But if in the process of living out his decision, you have sat there and over and over and over reminded him how bad you think the decision is, you know how long he's going to stick with that decision? Till he dies. Because he's going to do everything he can to try to make it work so it won't look like a failure. Ladies, one of the greatest gifts you give to your man. I may not agree. You've heard my voice but I respect you enough, I'm with you. I'll do this with you. Ladies, how do you ask for what you need and still show respect and submission? Number one, do not point out his failures. Don't say to a man, you never take us to church. Don't say to a man, you know what, you come home from work, you're so t- you check out immediately. You walk right past the kids, you turn on your TV show, they might as well be furniture in the room. Don't point out his failure. Instead, speak into him how he can win. It is so much more powerful to say to your husband, you know what, when you come to church with us, I can't tell you how deeply that fills my heart and how proud I am to sit in church with you. You just told him how to win. You didn't point out his failure. When you say to him, you know what, when I see you spending time with the kids, I just think to myself, what a great father you are. And I don't know if you've noticed how their eyes light up when their daddy plays with them. You just told him how to win. Think about this. You got a puppy and you're trying to train him. You want him to fetch a stick. You throw the stick, and the dog does nothing. Do you, in that moment, begin to berate the dog? You stupid dog. Any other dog would have run to the stick, but not you, because you're an idiot. You do that enough times to a puppy, you come walking in the room, what is that puppy going to do? Ladies, you need to hear me say that some of our husbands... Their hearts, when you walk in the room, because you pointed out their failures, you haven't told them how to get the stick. You take the stick, you throw it, and that dog accidentally takes a step in the right direction. Good dog, good dog, oh, you're amazing. Dog's like, what did I do? (laughs) But his tail's wagging, right? You get the stick again, you toss it back out there, and the dog's like, good dog, good dog. Before you know it, that dog is chasing, that's your favorite game. Because you know what? Puppies love praise. I ain't saying your husband's a puppy. (laughs) Well, maybe I am. You don't know how powerful your praise is to the heart of your husband. 
it's almost as powerful as the wounding of your criticism. Let me ask this question. Does your husband feel admired by you? It's his deepest longing. Second way in which a man's heart is filled. <laughs> you guys already guessed that one before I put it there, didn't you? You don't understand it, but you knew it. Here's, ladies, here's, this is going to be confusing. I'm just going to tell you right now, this, there's parts of this you're going to go, I don't understand. You don't need to understand. You just need to realize how vital this is to him, okay? In men, sex is a physical drive. It's not so with most women. Most women, sex is an emotional response. But with men, it's a physical drive. You understand that his body builds up. And there's a part where his body just says, hey, it's time. Ladies, here's the closest I can explain it so you'd understand it. His physical desire to have sex feels like being hungry. A physical hunger. And if one of your children walked up to you and said, I'm hungry, you would never say to that kid, you stinking hunger monster? Well, all you ever do is want food. What's wrong with you? You might say, hey, you know what? We're not eating right now. We're going to eat in an hour. Can I tell you that's a completely valid response to a man? Hey, we ain't having dinner right now, but we will tomorrow. He just needs to know there's, you know, it's coming. There's been a couple of moments when Lisa would say to me, hey, Lynn, uh, why do you want to have sex right now? Do you want to have sex right now because you love me, or do you want to have sex right now because you want to have sex? My response was this, yes. <laughs> why are those mutually exclusive? Can't, can't I love you and want to have sex with you because I want to have sex? And ladies, here's what you need to know, and, and most women don't grasp this. His coming toward you physically is unspeakably honoring. Because let me tell you what the rest of the men in the world are doing. They're chasing any female they can to get physically fulfilled. When he comes to you, what he's not doing is chasing all of them. He's not going out there and going, hey, babe, come here often. Because here's what he did out of love for you. He said, there's this part of me that feels like a hunger. This part of me that when it's not taken care of leaves me really vulnerable there's this part of me that this is how I feel fulfilled. And I'm going to give that to you to take care of for me. And I'm going to trust you.
because I'm marrying you, which means there is no other source. I'm trusting you to cherish this for me. Do you want to have sex because you want to have sex or you want to have sex because you love me? Yes. Yes. Second thing, and ladies, this one's going to be even weirder than the last. For him, sex feels like the beginning of the relationship. See, here's what a man thinks. Hey, if we can have great sex, then we can work all the rest out. Here's what a woman thinks. No, 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 no. When all the rest works out, when, when you're being a good husband and you're being a good father and when, when the bills are paid, when everything else is going good, then we can have great sex. Here, here's the best way for me to explain this. For her, sex is the end zone dance. See, you have sex when you've scored touchdowns. Men, let me, let me see if I can help you understand her. If you were on a losing team, you've lost the last four games in a row, and you walk into the locker room, and all the guys in the locker room are high-fiving, woo-hoo-hoo, you would say to those guys, what are you celebrating? We just lost four games in a row. That's how she feels. When the marriage is struggling, when, when the kids are going chaotic, when, when life is struggling, and she's like, wait, 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 wait. Why are we doing end zone dances when we haven't scored any touchdowns? And men, one of the wisest things, remember we talked about last week, if you would do what a husband is supposed to do, you'd be scoring points. You'd see a lot more end zone dances. Ladies, let me help you understand him. He sees this as we're okay. I know life is cruddy. I, I know things aren't the way they are. I know even in our relationship. Ladies, you ever had a moment, you had a fight with your husband, and it kind of settles down, and we go, okay. And then he goes, hey, you want to have sex? And you're like, are you an idiot? I'm still frustrated with you. Let me tell you why he does that. Are we okay? A couple years back, I was watching Notre Dame football, they were in a game against another team. The, the game went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth the whole time. Got to the fourth quarter, Notre Dame's ahead by about like 10 points and looks like they're gonna win for sure. And then the other team in the final seconds comes back, wins the game by a couple points. The camera panned onto the Notre Dame sideline. You saw grown men crying because they'd lost the game. And then something incredible happened the Notre Dame football team walked down to the end of the end zone where the band was in the bleachers. All the student section came to that end zone and they began to sing the school's song in the midst of defeat. It was as if they were saying, hey, this wasn't our day and no, it, it wasn't what we were hoping for and we didn't win. But we're still Notre Dame. We're still together and I still believe in you, and we're gonna do better the next game. Can I tell you that there are times, lady, that he comes to you, and he knows, he knows that things are not perfect, and he, he knows there's struggles in the relationship, and all he's saying at that moment is, hey, could we sing the school song? Could we re-pledge to each other that I'm in this with you, and my heart is sad that it's not what it ought to be, but I believe in you still, 
And we're going to do better the next time around. See, he sees it as the beginning of connecting. And, and all you need to do, you, you just need to understand, it may feel awkward to you, lady. He's bringing his heart. So be careful with the heart. Ladies, let me ask you a question. Would your husband say, my wife does a great job of taking care of my physical needs? If we asked him, here's my challenge. Ladies, for the next 30 days, would you consciously avoid criticism? Instead, would you speak life into him? Would you tell him, here's how to win if you did this, I'd be so thrilled. For the next 30 days, would you simply be aware that sex is a big part of how he feels loved? Whatever that means. Let's pray. Hey, dear Lord Jesus, we come to you and this is that part of relationships and marriage that just feels confusing because men and women just see this thing through such different lenses. But yet, God, one of the most beautiful things is when a husband says, I'm going to do for my wife what my wife longs for from her husband. Even if I don't fully understand, my joy is to thrill her heart. When a wife says, look, I don't get why some of those boundaries are boundaries and why some of those needs are need. I don't. But I'm going to do for my husband what fills his heart, that he would be thrilled to be married to me. And all of a sudden, within a marriage, it goes to a completely different place, a place of just incredible, incredible oneness and loving. God, that a world would look at the marriages of Cornerstone and would say, I don't know what you guys are drinking there, but it appears to be working. Your marriages are so different than the rest. God, may this be our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, that was some good stuff. I hope it blessed you and I hope you can walk away with some new tools you guys can apply this week and moving forward. But other than that, text prayer to 21999 if you need prayer. We're here for you. Other than that, we'll see you guys next week.